Good morning and welcome to ASL's HR in 10 at 10. I'm Jason Perry and I'm Kimberly Bradshaw and we're going to talk through what's going on in the fun world of employment law and human resources. So Kimberly, I, I'm kind of thinking there's some really interesting things going on in uh, pay strategy at the moment that really ought to get a mention. Oh, absolutely. I think that's fascinating what some people have done. So, for example, is it Google have uh, launched in yes. the US a pay locator and proposed paying people less when they're working from home? Yes, I, I guess there's an extent to which it was going to be a tech company first. But what Google have done is they, they've, it kind of feels a bit like the, um, the A-levels of last year. They've developed mm. an algorithm. And um, you you type your postcode, let's call it, into this thing, and it tells you what you're going to earn. Um, and what effectively they're doing is saying, if you choose to work entirely from home, then maybe you shouldn't get the same premium salary as somebody who is doing the same job from a city centre office and has all the additional costs and commute that goes with that. So they've developed this algorithm. They calculate where you live, let's say the cost of living and other such things, and they adjust your pay accordingly. Yes, which, you know, on the face of it seems absolutely reasonable. But, you know, as we know, there are huge numbers of clients, particularly those in London, who have got employees saying, you know, I've loved working at home on my full salary. Uh, I've, you know, my costs have reduced and I'm not going to come back to the office unless you pay me more, uh, well, which yes. is the complete opposite of yes. what Google are proposing. Well, I, I kind of think it's about as reasonable as the algorithm was last year. Um, for the exams and it made sense on paper. Um, the difficulty you've got now is let's say you've got an individual and uh, I'll just talk New York for a moment because that's where this is targeted. So if you've got an individual who works in Google's New York office, let's say, um, and they choose to continue working in the office, their pay is unaffected. If they live in downtown Manhattan or whatever, and they choose to work from home, then their pay is probably going to be the same as if they went into the office. But if they're one of these people who chose to live half an hour's drive out, I'm not sure half an hour gets you very far in New York traffic, but half an hour's commute out, let's say, um, then your pay will now be adjusted and you might take a 15% pay cut. And that's quite a big yes. number. Well, it is because people, you know, they'll be living to their income and, you know, their lifestyle will be tailored to the mm. to the income that they have. I think, you know, it worries me as to whether the UK government is going to uh, pick up on this. At the moment, we know that they're saying you can't penalise people from working from home. Well, they're uh, not. What they're saying is they won't penalise civil servants for working from home. Oh, of course, yes. Um, so they're talking about their own employees at the moment. Um, I, I think the really interesting thing here, we've got things like London Waiting, as you say, that was designed to deal with people's living costs and working costs that they had if they had to commute into the city or in an area that was harder to attract staff. But I think it's all changed. And you raise a really interesting point. If somebody's been happily working from home for the past year 
and they haven't had their London waiting removed, um, they now are going, well, actually, why do I want to commute back in? And that's, that's fascinating. That's the reverse of what we're mm. seeing. But I think the other side of this is, are you going to start new hires without London waiting if they don't come in? And it, we've got a period of balancing to go through, haven't we? And that's going to be problematic mm. because, you know, as we were discussing earlier, <coughs> excuse me, a frog in my throat, uh, it has an impact on recruitment. You'll have yes. to pick up. Okay, I'll, I'll keep talking for a moment. We always agree anyway, so I'll say the same things. Um, I, I think what strikes me is we're in what I would call a candidate market right now. Um, should I just call an ambulance for you, see if I can send it <laughs> yeah, over? COVID, um, no. <laughs> um, we're in a candidate market, and therefore it's actually the candidates, certainly in the UK economy, that have control. Um, because right now, if you want to hire somebody, you have to make a job offer compelling because there aren't enough applicants out there. Yeah, it's a terrible time. Sorry, I'm obviously going to just uh, croak through this one. <clears throat> it's a terrible time for employers trying to recruit, and they yes. just don't realise the implications. Yeah, I, I guess this moves on quite nicely to um, the Ocado story. I don't know if you've seen Ocado's plans, which I thought were fascinating again. Absolutely fascinating, yes. They're... I'll explain them while you cough, if you like. Yes, um, so, Ocado... Uh, have they're effectively doing the reverse of this they're enhancing terms while we go through this and they've decided to extend their work from home policy and said they're going to have a work from anywhere policy so Ocado staff are going to be able to work for up to one month anywhere in the world so the theory is if they want to go on an extended holiday to see friends or family Whereas before they might have said, we're going to limit you to two weeks leave. They can now say, well, why don't you go and work there for a month and then have two weeks holidays? You get a six week stay, but four weeks of it is work, two weeks of it is holiday. And we'll allow you that up to that month per year working in another, and I'm going to say legal jurisdiction, because where this gets problematic is if you allow somebody to work anywhere in the world normally, you'd have to comply with their employment laws, with their tax regulations. But by allowing them just to do it for a month, I think Ocado have about nailed this and offered the level of flexibility people will want without actually having the additional legal burden. I think it's a brilliant move on their part, very engaging for employees. And I think that should be the benchmark for, for other employers. Uh, that can possibly that can do it. Obviously, not everybody can work from home. Uh, what I wonder is how much they've researched uh, the time period for the different jurisdictions. Uh, I'm assuming that they've, because they've announced it publicly, that they have, uh, and they've taken appropriate advice. So, but yeah, I think it's a brilliant move on their part. I, I think where it gets interesting is we've always had people who would work for short periods abroad and if you sent somebody on business to travel and it wasn't uncommon to find a I don't know a senior business development executive might spend three weeks in Dubai or a month in Hong Kong or um, and these things have always happened people would go to conferences in America or wherever it was so I think there's an extent to which people can work anywhere anyway but you're right it's about the timing 
Um, yes. Also, I've had uh, clients in the past where, you know, they've allowed working from home, but they have done very rigorous health and safety risk assessments mm. of the home environment. So I do wonder, you know, what how they're going to cover that aspect because, you know, I've also had clients where they. They've said work from home, but people have viewed that as work anywhere they like, that it's yes. just office, and that's caused problems. So I think there's some ironing out and some wrinkles to sort out, but I think, yeah, great idea. Yes, interesting times. Mm. Shall we talk a little bit about the tribunal case? Oh, yes, let's. I say the tribunal case as if there is only one. Um, and uh, this week there really is, isn't there? Yes, I it's it relates to furlough from the very early stages of the first lockdown and so i think it's particularly pertinent um as i understand it a lady was caring for an individual in the uh in, at home in the community uh but then she was deemed so ill that she was, this individual was then taken into care and the the lady lost her job yes yes um, what, so, right, you, go, you carry yeah, on, you were about to. <laughs> yes, um, I just thought you were going to cough again. Um, so, yes, the, the, the individual she was providing the care to was taken initially into care and then into a hospital. And so her employer made her redundant. And she appealed the redundancy um, and was unsuccessful. And so she took them to an employment tribunal claiming and initially her claim was that there were other factors at play and that they'd wanted to get rid of her and so on um but the key that caught my attention in this was the the summing up by the judge when something along the lines of a reasonable employer would have would have furloughed her in order to identify whether other opportunities would develop to place her in other roles but having, having that opportunity of furlough, which was to save jobs and to prevent redundancies, a reasonable lawyer would have done it. Yes, and I think that's really interesting. Um, given she was made redundant, was it May last year? So mm. just two months into the first lockdown. And at that time, the government were actively encouraging people to take back people that had left in order that they could benefit and wouldn't lose out Indeed. on furlough. Indeed. So I'm really interested to see what happens if it goes to a yes. Well, th yes, I was just going to say. Supreme Court, rather. Yes. Well, this one as yet has not gone to the appeal. Employment Appeals Tribunal. I'm just merging two words to invent a new one there. Um, the Employment Appeals Tribunal. Um, it will be interesting to see what happens when it does, and obviously the Supreme Court can go after that. So it's too early to say this is definitive, but it's yeah. certainly interesting. What I will say is next week we have the ASL More Barlow um, Employment Law Update on Wednesday at 2 o'clock. So if you haven't booked your place, Look at the events page on our website um, and join us at that. And I am quite sure that uh, David and Michelle will be talking about this case as part of that employment law update. So it's an interesting one to watch. But for now, as I often say on a Thursday morning, this is HR in 10 and we've been talking for 10. So <laughs> we will bid you farewell for now. Do tune in again next week. Do click the subscribe and follow us on YouTube if you find these sessions useful. And don't forget, you can ask questions live, which may add to Kimberly's coughing fits if you add really yes. difficult questions.
And it's proof that we are live because I had a coughing fit throughout. <laughs> Absolutely. But for now, thanks for watching and we will see you again next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye.